Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. A couple of news items for you before we get into today's episode on New Moon Rising, which I am doing with Kate Leth. That is right. You've got me and Kate Leth talking about Willow, Tara, and Oz's return. So get excited, get your tissues, etc., etc. But before then, a couple of things. Prom is in just a few days. Holy shit. Uh, I want to let you know a few things. One, if you are a patron of ours at any level, so if you give at the dollar, the five, the 10, the 25, any of those levels, that means that you have access to our secret Facebook group. So many cool things happen in that secret Facebook group, and one of them is going to be happening on Saturday. On Saturday, you can stream Jenny's live sets in the secret Facebook group. You can also watch them after prom whenever you want, because they'll be there forever. Um, So if you want to become a patron of ours, you can do that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon, get on into that secret Facebook group, and you can watch those live performances. It'll be two performances with some special guests. It will be fun. Uh, I also highly encourage you uh, to attend the virtual prom if you're not attending the actual prom. Virtual prom is being hosted by our very own Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach. It will be free and open for everyone that is on our Facebook Facebook page. So just the regular old Buffering the Vampire Slayer Facebook page that's open to all. They will be watching the prom, the Buffy episode, of course, the prom. They will be dressed up as though they are at a prom of their own because they are a virtual prom. And I know it's going to be so much fun. So tune in. That will be 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern time. So the same exact time that prom will be happening here in New York City. It'll allow us to all be together. Yes. For those of you who are wondering who are coming to brunch on Sunday, that is happening at noon at the Ace Hotel as well. Details are on all of these details are on bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. Just a reminder to those of you joining us in New York, the doors will open at 7. We'll be playing some nice 90s tunes between 7 and 8 before the dancing and festivities truly begin. Though I suppose you can dance whenever you want. So excited to see those of you who are attending in real life. Excited to see those of you who are attending in virtual life. I'm just excited. Okay. A couple other things. We are having a massive merchandise event. We are discontinuing so many of our shirts. So this is your last chance to get them and the ones that are going out of stock forever, or at least for a long time, are 15% off. So the Buffy Forever t-shirt, the Wow Palm Hat, our Awoo tee, the Vampire Willow tee, the Buffering Logo tee, so many of our tees we are taking out of our store. So this is your last chance to snag those items. You can see those items because they're all the ones that are 15% off and they say final sale. They're in our store, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on store. It's only while they last. Some of those items are not super high in stock. So get on over there, scoop up what you want, uh, and don't say that we didn't warn you. <laughs> okay. Another tiny thing. There's a lot of jingles in this episode, and we've been realizing that like we've been playing jingles, but maybe some of you are new. Maybe some of you don't know that a lot of our jingles, and one day all of our jingles, will be available for you to download. 
If you're a $5 patron, you get the jingles. You just do, because you're cool and you're ahead of the curve. But if you're not a $5 patron, you can on our website find the jingles. If you just click down on the music section, there's a little link to our jingles. Uh, That page will be updated as new jingles come through. So if you ever want one of those, you can scoop them up. So do that and enjoy all of the jingles that are coming forth towards your face this episode. Okay, one last thing today. You know that I normally do a little spooky news segment up here at the top of the show. But today I'm going to pivot that over to some sad news. Luke Perry, who was for so many of us a staple of our teenage years, who played heartthrob Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210, who was most recently Fred on Riverdale, and who of course played Pike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie, passed away Monday at the age of 52. He is a part of our universe in so many ways over here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. We mourn his loss along so many of his fans, and we send our love and support to his beautiful family. I want to share a short story with you about Luke to honor him today. Some of you may have seen me post about this on social media already. Two years ago, I went to the GLAAD Awards with my friend Reese Bernard, who runs autostraddle.com. We were working the red carpet to interview the many celebrities who were there in support of the LGBTQ community or as LGBTQ people themselves. Luke was one of the last people to walk the carpet that night, and when he arrived, I didn't yet know the full reason of why he was there. When he got over to us, Reese told him that we loved his work, I was very embarrassed, that we were kids of the 90s, we had adored 90210, and that I was working on a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Would he, she asked him, take a photo with me for the podcast? He didn't hesitate. He was so gracious, so kind so seemingly unaware or unaffected or both of having been all of our collective idols in our younger years and still and he smiled immediately excitedly even and he said that the only way we could take a photo was if it were a prom photo which we did and it's still one of my most treasured memories later that night as i watched the award ceremony i learned why he was there he had accompanied patricia arquette and they were both there to honor alexis arquette patricia's sister and luke's best friend Alexis was a trans activist, an actor, and a poet who died from HIV-related complications in 2016. Alexis and Luke were best friends, and at the award ceremony, Patricia said to the crowd, Luke and Lex were friends since they were kids, and I remember many years ago, the height of the 90210 craze, they all said, Alexis Arquette is dating Luke. Luke is secretly gay. And Luke said, I'm not going to say that's not true, even though Alexis and I are just best friends, because that would be to say there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Look, when you love somebody, you love them. Bottom line, Luke explained. And I loved Lex, and Lex loved me, and I don't need to explain that to anybody. That's how love works. A beautiful, compassionate man, an ally to our community, an icon for so many of us. We miss you, Luke. We send you love. We send your family love. And we hope that wherever you are, you're with Alexis. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we'll be watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I am Kristen Russo. And I'm special guest Kate Leth. Oh my God. I just like imagined everybody in their cars and with their headphones on being like, what? (laughs) It's me. Kate Leth, unexpectedly in my ears. (laughs) (laughs) This week, Kate and I will be talking about season four, episode 19, New Moon Rising. 
you might have an idea of why I asked Kate to talk about this episode. Mm. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by Jenny Owen Youngs, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. So exciting to do this part. Very official. <laughs> yeah, it's very official. New Moon Rising was written by... A- and imagine a heart around her name, Marty <laughs> Noxon, one of my favorites, her and Espenson, the big hits, and directed by James A. Connor, and originally aired on May 2nd, 2000. This is the one where Oz's return to Sunnydale leads to his incarceration by the initiative and complicates the relationship between Willow and Tara. Mm-hmm. The relationship, you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I do, and I will. Fuck. It's like, it's amazing. I was thinking today because I just, I just rewatched it. Yes. And whatever. We'll talk about the end when we get to the end, but I Mm. have to talk about it now. Like when we get to the end of the episode, I, I'm so excited, even though we've been watching them now for several episodes. Oh yeah. Get real sweaty doing spells. Like there's a, like, but yet still it's like somehow this season of this show with the two of them, like, managed to give us the excitement of seeing, like, two queer women pair together yeah. many, many times, and it always feels like the first time. Mm-hmm. But then this episode, we go from subtext to oh. text. Wow, Kate. <laughs> wow. It's very exciting. <laughs> and I had forgotten because I did the fashion watch for the sweaty spellcasting episode, <laughs> and I rewatched it. And sometimes when I do the fashion watches, I skip around because it's mostly about the outfits, and I, you know, I know the plots. Sure. But that one, I was just like, no, I'm, I'm gonna re-experience this yeah. for my own joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then I had forgotten about this one, and forgotten about how many firsts happen in this episode, and how big of a deal it is, and how many times it makes. Makes me cry. Yeah. Oh my god. You texted me last night, mm-hmm. just so you know, I'm gonna cry, and I was like, sure, 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 because like I knew it was like uh, sad that there was sad stuff, but mm-hmm. man, when I got to the end of this fucking oh, episode, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's be- okay. We're like starting at the end. <laughs> no, like, we gotta go back to the beginning. Work to the beginning. Um, I want everybody to know the pun I made for literally just myself, where instead of previously on, I wrote previously Oz. <laughs> so you're all welcome. Very good. Um, Very I good. I love I always love thinking about and you watched this in real did you watch this in real time? Yes, I started watching Buffy in real time from the end of season one. So I was an OG. Yeah. Um. And again, I think I've mentioned this before. We in Canada got it a day early on ASN, right. the Atlantic Satellite Network. I think <laughs> in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, we got it on Mondays, and everyone else got it on Tuesdays. Um. But by this point, when it had moved to was it? It's the, not the CW. What was the network? Uh, dub, well, it went from the WB to the to UPN. Was it Some, UPN? Whatever happened, then it started being the same day. I we should know we that. weren't special anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I was watching it because I remember losing sleep um, wa- like when they did the preview for the first Halloween episode. And I was so excited. <gasps> oh, I just like, that's the thing is, I can't imagine. I wish to live the life where I could see the previously on and that's where I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, because the previously ons were always like, oh, this is what this episode's right. going to be about. So it was always so exciting. Yes, like you see fucking Oz and it's yeah. like, you know, when you see or like I recently taped Superstar with Joanna and mm-hmm. like when you see Jonathan, you're like, yes. wait, previously on the earshot? Like it's what the so, fuck is happening? It's so good. And yeah, huge fan of that episode. Totally amazing. Um, But yeah, this one and this is so much for me because like I grew up with this show. I was really young when it started and, you know, I was like nine or 10 when I started yeah. watching it. I was too young. So tiny. You know, because the gentleman kept me awake for three days, oh right? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, like, my coming to terms of understanding my sexuality and my orientation happened 
literally, you know, alongside Willow. It yeah. was such a huge deal for me. And I had, but I had also been really, really invested in Willow and Oz because mm-hmm. I loved Oz. And he's still imprinted on my brain right. in terms of like my type. Nice use of imprinted <laughs> for the werewolf. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, this is a really, this is a really big one. Yeah. So uh, speaking of queer mm. uh, stuff, this oh, yes. fucking first scene kills me because I have a, so I'm I'm building a thread uh, of basically like how to date a witch or like what it's like to start oh, your queer witch yeah. relationship and it it sort of goes episode by episode of like the oh, monumental fantastic. Willow Tara things and I was like there's a lot in this episode but the fact that this opens and Tara's like. So are you like allergic to cats? Because yeah. it's like, okay, I see myself here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. represented. How many queer women have asked each other, so are you allergic to cats? Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about getting one. And yeah. Willow's like, oh, like a familiar? <laughs> Tara's like, no, idiot. Like, like a bonding, you know, emblem of our budding relationship, actually. God. And then they're talking about the cat like it's theirs already. And Ladies. Oh, Miss Kitty Fantastico. Miss Kitty, yes. Who we don't meet yet. No, but holy shit. Um, So, yes. And then we go to uh, your favorite character's house. Oh, but listen, the most important thing before we even get there is this is the first time they hold hands. Do they hold hands in the scene? They do. They're (gasps) walking along and I think it's either Tara reaches out or Willow reaches out and they hold hands and they're like walking and their hands are kind of like swinging between them as they're talking about getting a cat. Holy shit. How did I miss this? Oh, it's just like an... When I was watching, I was like, wait, is this the first time? And I was like, no. No, I because I remember how I felt the first the time first I saw time. that. I was like, they're holding hands. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not realizing, you know, wow. what the rest of the episode would gift me. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> they do. You're on for the ride. They hold hands. And then, yes, of course, we can move along. But I just wanted to point that no, out. No, thank God. Now I have to go back and check it out. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. like, linked hands before, but they've not... Held like hands. held hands in public, walking next to like the park or something. It's this is like so good. This episode, I mean, not just this episode, but the whole portrayal of Willow and Tara as they like get into their relationship yeah. causes feelings for I think all of us because it's so accurate. Like it's such mm-hmm. an accurate portrayal of being a queer woman. I mean, being a queer person, really, and like having a queer relationship for the first time and how long you can go yeah. without acknowledging what the fuck is happening. It's like, we're watching, guys. We know what's going on. Yeah. But but it's so believable that both of them, until the end of this episode, still have not given a name well, to it. Well, it's like it. that that tweet that was going around for a while. It was like, I, you know, was was at my friend's house or something, and she came up behind me to hug me, and I was like, wait, is this a date? And I finally asked her, and she was like, yeah, this is like our sixth date. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something like that. And I was like, oh, that's such a mood. Yes. It's, it's so amazing. Because you have so many things going on in your brain. And like, I I don't know. I guess I didn't have exactly that experience. I feel like I had this experience with things that were not relationships where yeah. like I, I was aware that I was having feelings, but I didn't put a name to it. The other person didn't. Um, I think my first relationship, I was I was a little older. I was a little bit like more comfortable with being forward about like, I would like to kiss you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I just so identify with this. And I imagine you probably have oh, similar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So many times. I mean, especially when I was younger and so afraid to put words to anything or, right. you know, it's one of those things that's like, 
if I if I say it out loud, it'll disappear. These things yes. feel so just temporary and ephemeral. And like if I if I give it a name, it'll vanish. Right. So. And of course, like I'm putting it in like a queer um, little cubicle because mm-hmm. I think there. I, I'm sure that in any relationship, when you're young and you're just getting into it, you don't oh, want to yeah. say it. But I do think that when you're queer and it's a queer thing, that it comes with that other piece of like, I think something's happening. But what if I say that and name it? And the other person is like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? That's the terror, right? And I, you know, I love this relationship. I love the way they developed it. I love this episode so specifically. I love that a woman wrote it. I feel like it shows so hard. Every time I come on Buffering, it's like another, you know, year or six months into me writing for TV. (laughs) And I have like a lot more experience now. And the more, you know, because that was the first thing I did, like, when they started holding hands, I Googled. I was like, writer. And yeah. praying, crossing my fingers, I was like, it's either an Espen Center or an Oxen. And then, yeah, yeah it was an Oxen. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just so exciting because, like, the development of Willow and Oz's relationship was, you know, coming to me at the very beginning of my concept of having any relationships with anyone. And it was, you know, guys, boys for the beginning right. of my life. You know, I, I didn't date a girl until I was, like, 19. I had crushes and flirtations and stuff like that. But... Yeah. Um, so that was like really big and you watch so much of the, the nerves and the, and the vulnerability of a first relationship through Willow. And then it's like, again, right? Because it's with a woman and that's a totally new experience and it's a whole new kind of vulnerability. And it's just, ugh. This episode just gets me you so know, hard. This is like I don't think like Marty Noxon isn't isn't queer, right? And no like, idea, but it's because they. I'm just wondering like if they had somebody in the room who had gone through this because it's so accurate in yeah. their por- in the portrayal of their relationship, and also like later, and we'll get to this scene, mm-hmm. but like in the moment when Willow is coming out to Buffy, it's yeah. like. I got chills even just saying it because yeah. I'm like, they fucking nail it. You <laughs> they know? do. They do it really, really well. So anyway, okay. let's, let's go back. Let's, let's go, go back. back. We're at Giles's house. Yes, we're at Giles's house. Willow's like translating all this so Scooby cute. stuff for Tara, which is really cute. A little tiny thing that like, of course I noticed this and not the fact that they were holding hands, but Giles makes a snack bowl for them. Oh. He like poured pretzels in a bowl <laughs> and like brought them to the desk. And I was like, oh my God, Bless that's him. adorable. Bless him. Thanks, Dad. Giles, hot dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. And of course, you know, this is set up right before the credits. Mm-hmm. Where, where, and it's, I think it's beautifully done where you see everybody's face and you're like, what the, f-? you think, like, expect like a monster to be at the door. Yeah. Or, like, Adam is like, yeah. <laughs> hey guys. And it's fucking Oz. It's Oz. <gasps> he's back. He's back. And he's like, I'm, I'm kind of like feeling macro about this episode. There's like, there's big things to talk about. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I wonder what your feelings are about the way he comes back and the way he, like, sort of, is like, hey, Willow, I'm back. Can we be back together? I mean, he's self-aware of it, you know, to an extent. But I feel a little bit on the fence with it. Like, it does. Oh, for sure. Right? And I have a lot of feelings about it. I wrote it down at, like, various different points, and we'll kind of get to it. But it, I feel like, to just sort of summarize how I feel about it, I feel like they did such a good job about giving Willow, like, the greatest test Mm. that 
could happen. And like the reason that it becomes so affirming is because it's like, this is the daydream of so many girls, you know, at, at any age, especially younger, where it's like, wow, this guy treated me really badly and left but then he changed. Right. He came back for me. He right. changed for me. And he's here and like wants to give everything for me. And like, what a fantasy, right? You know, for anybody who's totally. been treated badly or gone through a breakup with somebody who like, he didn't really want to break up, but it had to happen and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I think it's part of why they play him as so sympathetic mm-hmm. and compassionate. I mean, I love Oz. We, uh, you mm-hmm. love Oz. like Oz is definitely a, a champion in this universe. Yeah. Um. I we recently actually sat down. You probably have not heard it yet because I think we're saving it till the end of the season. But we sat down with James Marsters. Yeah. Yesterday. I'm so excited yeah. for you. And one of the things he said, which maybe you're aware of this, and maybe the the Buffy universe is, is aware of this, but I was not, is that not only that Xander was sort of the the character that was written as like how Joss actually kind of was like was growing up but that Oz was written as the character that like Joss wished he was that really makes sense right yeah because there's so many qualities of like god I wish that was my boyfriend like he looks like he's in Blink 182 but he's got feelings yes and he's (laughs) he's nice he's kind he's gonna remember my birthday (sighs) and and of course (laughs) the the bar is so low (laughs) so low we were talking about this with James I mean of course that's a whole thing of like what the deal was with so many of the characters on this show that, mm-hmm. like, we're in love with. Yeah. Where, why are we not setting the bar a little bit higher for ourselves, <sighs> ladies? <laughs> but Tara's uh, perfect, so. But, yeah. <laughs> so we get this line, which is important to note because it's fucking Marty Noxon. Beautiful mm. job. Pretty <laughs> much now. Pretty much now. Pretty much now. Pretty much now. <sighs> Which is a fucking, yeah, He's we'll get back. there. Kate, you can cry. I'll, I'll cry. We'll oh, all cry together. We get to the end. Buddy. Um, but then they are talking. They're basically, you know, Oz is like, hey, let's fucking, I, I want to talk to you. It's weird. The, I don't know. I think that, like, they positioned this scene the way that they did for us to get to see everybody's reaction. Yeah. But it does feel awkward and uncomfortable. That oh, for sure. Oz is, like, walking into a room full of people and is like, Willow, can we talk? Like, yeah. dude, it's like propose. It's like if you like propose in front of like a group. What is she gonna say? Yeah. She fucking has to say yes. She's not gonna make it awkward. But I mean, I guess like they sort of have to set it up that way because you have to see everyone and Tara right. and Tara's and reaction Tara. because also the group doesn't know what Tara means to Willow right. yet. Even though, and that's like, that's what's crazy too, right, is like not only how like two queer people beginning a relationship can ignore it and like not look right at it, but that truly people around it can oh, yeah. just make up any excuse. Like I have cousins of mine who grew up with with two aunts, but their family didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it openly. Right. And they just thought that their aunt had a good friend who came to everything, <laughs> who went to everything. You know, you just you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that gal uh, pals, yeah, right? Gal pals, gal pals, classic. Uh, so right, Tara is, and as she is throughout the majority of the episode, visibly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, and just. Tara, you know, yeah. like her her vantage point of like, he's back now, so this is over, is heartbreaking, but also like 
not to keep bringing it back to queer, but like this is definitely real. Like this is very relatable. Yeah. What's that Haley Kyoko song? <laughs> <laughs> Curious? Is yes, that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, we were just like playing around with this thing that's not real. Yeah. And like this is this hetero thing is real. So since it's back. And it's it taps into such a specific thing because it's not an unrealistic fear. Like no. I've been interested in girls and then have them be like, actually, I was just trying to make my boyfriend jealous or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, something that happened a lot when I was younger because mm-hmm. I'm 30 now and people generally aren't that crappy, you would yeah. hope. But when I was in high school and early college, I was a lot of people's litmus test because I was yeah. one of the only very out bisexuals in my small Canada town. So a lot of people were like, oh, I'm going to test these waters and see how they feel. And then it's like, Oh, no, actually, yeah. you know, Steve's back in town, so sorry. Right. And the whole, like, I mean, you know, I'm not putting all of this on this scene or, or this relationship, but, you know, outside of just that, you know, the idea that it's not considered cheating, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you just made out with another girl, yeah. so, like, that's not cheating. It's not real. It's not real, right. <laughs> and I think that, like, as a, as a culture, as, like, a society here, we've gotten a bit past that. Like, I, you know, we're not, we're not in the clear, but I do think that it's a, a little bit, the conversation around it has changed a yeah, little. Yeah, I think so. But this is just, it's, it's a bummer. And it's, and it's especially a bummer because we've seen the intensity of their relationship and, like, want, I want so badly for, you know, Tara to have a stake in it. But a I get steak? it. I've been there. A stake. <laughs> <laughs> um... So we learn that meditation, a combination mm-hmm. of herbs and other things have made Oz, you know, and obviously we all know the metaphor here, right? Yeah. But yeah. that um, Oz has basically come to Sunnydale on the full moon mm-hmm. so that he can show Willow that he has sort of quelled his animal side, right? I mean, before we even do that, we get to see Riley being a bigot. Because they just have in capital letters, this is why I hate Riley. So um, (laughs) it's important. I mean, it's just sort of this little interstitial scene to kind of set it up that there is antagonism here that, you know, and it is is a little silly and a little heavy-handed where, you know, it's the metaphor, right, of like, him being prejudiced or whatever. He's like, all demons are bad. What are you talking about? Right. But it's a good setup for what's to come. It makes my blood boil because I wrote it down specifically. He says, I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl, you know, into dangerous guys. I thought she was smarter than that. Yeah. And he says it to Buffy. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. I am having this episode for me is like a Riley sympathetic episode. Yeah, it does. It does turn around. It moves. But yeah, this scene is... this scene is so important too because it really is you know this is a conversation between Buffy and Riley but this Mm -hmm. is kind of the whole conversation that the series has over and over again in so many ways of like where do we draw the line what isn't isn't okay I love what we see later with the initiative for this reason that like when Oz is in the cell and you hear you see Oz super vulnerable but you also hear the other demons and stuff like being tortured or being whatever Um, and it's really it makes you examine as the viewer what is ethical and what is not, what is good and what is bad. And like, what is, what is okay to do to demons, even if they are demons? Yeah. And where is that line anyway? Yeah. It's really interesting. And also the reason I wrote it down is that Buffy's little white knitted hat is so (laughs) cute. I can't not take fashion watch notes. I did. Don't worry. But um, also her hair in this episode so stellar. Yeah. I love these like loose beachy curls. So good. <laughs> and in the hat, 
Come on. Now, would you call that hat a toque or is it not a toque? <laughs> um, it's, it's in the toque zone. Um, it's usually, it's like thicker than I would normally think of a toque as being because it's it's like wool knitted, I right. think. Um, but it's very cute. In the toque zone. It's in the toque that, zone. Can that be the title of your memoir? In the <laughs> toque yes. zone with Kate Leth. <laughs> but then we get back to Willow and go outside and see the moon, which I know because I wrote notes about her coat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. Dude, so somebody wrote to us. I mean, Willow's coat is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But also Oz is in his coat. Yes. And I don't know that we've talked about it here. I've talked about it to a bunch of people because somebody tweeted at us or emailed us and was like, just so you know, the decision to have Oz in that coat is intentional. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Ah. <laughs> And I was like, boom, like head explodes. That is amazing. The other conversation that I want to talk about that they have in these coats, apart from Oz is not a werewolf or mm-hmm. is a werewolf but can control it, is you don't have a new guy. I asked Xander. Yep. Which, like, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Dudes. You know, like. Also, like, when? Did, when did you ask Xander? Was that, like, the second place you went I know, and after they gave, you showed up? Right. They gave Xander and Oz, like, a, a moment. Like, Xander was the only person that, like, went over to Oz and kind of was like, hey, man. Mm. Um, but it is – it's bizarre to me. I also feel like if I had broken up with somebody, like, and especially in the manner that they broke up, and they came back to town and they didn't say, like, hey, are you with anyone? That would rub me a little bit the wrong way. Like, I, I you know what I mean? I don't love that – and I'm not like I'm not, I didn't even mean to rag on Oz at all, but I just feel like I'm putting myself in Willow's shoes and I feel like it would have been nicer for Oz to maybe ask Willow mm. if she you know what I mean? Like have that conversation with her. Don't be like, yeah. hey Xander, has Willow gotten with anybody? Yeah. No? Sorry. I've been gone for several months with no yeah. word at all. But she's single? Yeah. So and Willow, of course, has this moment of like no, not no new a guy. new guy. <laughs> Which I'm like, aha, good good evasion there, uh, Willow. Yeah, the notes that I took, because this is a really intense scene because it is where, you know, between this and when they're lying on the bed and talking, which comes right after this, is like Oz really laying it on the line and and being, again, this huge temptation in a way that's like, I – what I wrote down specifically, like, I can be what you need now. He, and then yes. I wrote, he fixed himself for her. What woman doesn't want that? Nothing could be a greater temptation. Right. <laughs> and that, and what's so powerful, I think, too, about it is not only that it's, I mean, is that it's this massive temptation, is that he has literally traveled the globe to figure himself out because he wanted to be the person for her. Exactly. But also that it's in that happening that Willow is like, I have feelings for Tara. Like, I'm feeling in conflict. And it's almost like she couldn't get from point A to point B with this Tara journey. It's so well written. Yes. Back (laughs) in Marty Knox and as we know. It's so well constructed. And it is, I mean, and also the line when they're, you know, because them sitting on the bed and talking, they've been up all night. Yeah. It's a whole, then, you know, the chanting and the the various yes, the uh, talismans or right. whatever. Which, like, like, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's nice because, like, especially because with Oz, like, the werewolf is, like, the animal within that he's trying to control. That I, like, kind of like that they gave a nod to meditation. They're yeah. like, you know what I mean? That, like, he just needs to center himself and mm-hmm. be calm and what have you. Uh, and so a note to all werewolves. Yeah. I don't think that the population of werewolves knows this, that they can... Takes, takes a some, lot of work. Yeah, it does. A but I do, it. I love that, you know, he says this and then Willow has this moment because you can see, I mean, her 
her conflict on her face. And she, you know, Allison Hannigan just just knocking it out of the park in this episode, as she always does. But this one, you know, it's it's you don't get a lot of Willow's internal stuff in because it's it's Buffy's show. Right. Yeah. But this was. This whole storyline was, you know, a thing that really, really cemented like, oh, no, I'm going to project my own feelings on Willow even more totally. than I already did. But when he's saying all this stuff and she's like, oh, wow, you know, you you traveled the world. You did all this stuff. I've just been here. And he says, it doesn't mean you haven't been going through a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. Right. You know, couldn't you have just said something shitty? Something do- yeah. Like not <laughs> not held my like, experience so well. No. Like, no, but you've been doing great, champ. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Couldn't you just be condescending or dismissive? Yeah. But no, you have to be understanding and yeah, ugh. all the things like all the things that Willow wanted at one point, exactly. But not anymore. Not anymore. Because she's met somebody. Uh, <laughs> also, a tiny little line that I thought was hilarious is Willow in this scene says, "I think I'm getting better at my spells." And I was like, yeah. yeah, you are. You're getting really good at them. <laughs> getting... You've had some help. <laughs> <laughs> getting really experienced with those spells, Willow. <laughs> um, so basically Oz is like, cool, we've talked. We're obviously connected. Let's get in bed, you know. Mm. Let's take this to like a physically intimate place. And Willow is like, I will have the less confusing waffles. So good. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, and in this moment where she goes to the bathroom to brush her teeth or whatever, Tara comes by. Mm. I hate it. It's I hate so watching Tara and Ard interact because we love both of them. Yeah. I, I mean, as as we should and as does Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing this first interaction and then, of course, the like ones that are to come – It's just so uncomfortable in Tara's face when she, of course, clocks. Like, it's the morning, but it's too early in the morning for you just to to have gotten here. It's really sad, and she spins on her heels, and she leaves before Willow even gets back. And then fucking Willow finds out from Oz that Tara has just stopped by, and Mm. nobody has the words to talk about Your friend, the blonde girl. She came by, but she wouldn't stay. Can't Mm. figure this one out. Went to Tibet, figured out my whole psyche, but... I can't spot right. a lesbian but anywhere. It's, it's, I actually thought if somebody <laughs> wants to do this for me, I'll be so happy because I <laughs> this episode as it progresses has like a handful of Oz thinking about it moments. Yeah. And I just feel like it's like <laughs> the dude, the straight dude trying to figure out like queer ladies. You oh, know? yeah. Do that like the gif of like the math, yes, the hell math yes. of like, wait. <laughs> Spells together? Yes. Spells together. (laughs) She came by and looked kind of upset, but why would she? You know, it's just, it's good. So now we go to Riley's room. And I also hate this scene. Yeah. My first note is icy. Like icy. this shit. Cause she's pissed and 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 justifiably so, right? It's like also <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by my own notes because I don't think we've seen that there's a race car poster above Riley's bed <laughs> until right oh my now. God, is there? I mean, I yeah, I'm such a huge fan of the balls poster oh, of that's on the door. I'm sure you've like, talked about it. Yes. It's anyway, it's but it's good. Yeah. But like on top, it's like a it's like a like, I feel like it's like a little boy's room, it you is. know, like yeah. it's like his boom box and his race car poster and his basketball hoop. Um, Definitely not a demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like 
in conflict. And I think like in this moment, I was really identifying with Buffy because I feel like she was annoyed with him for all the reasons that I'm always annoyed with him, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, he has to like play by the rules and he's not really thinking about things in like a larger sense. He's doing his pushups and she's exceptionally annoyed with his inability to see past the black and white of this demon thing uh, and so snaps at him. Uh, And of course, there's more going on for Buffy than just the werewolf and the Oz and the like gray area of demons. She hasn't talked to him about Angel yet. Mm. Uh, And I think, you know, we talk a lot with you, Kate. And also when you're not here, we talk about queer, like queer relationships in this show, not just being the queer relationships on this show that like Buffy's relationship to Angel is something that she's keeping a secret because she's afraid of what Riley will think of it because it's non-traditional yeah yep, yep. Uh, and i love the way they do address that yeah in, in here it's very good but yeah it's uh god i've been buffy in that like morning waking up where he's like i've been awake for a minute and i've already managed to piss oh my you god. off oh, right <laughs> like i've definitely had boyfriends say that to me sorry totally i've <laughs> i have a hard time letting go it's fine yeah i also um, felt very very seen very in this seen. i was like oh yeah i've definitely woken up fucking pissed and yep. like had my partner be like the fuck is happening why i just opened my eyes it's like no but i was mad when i went to sleep and i stayed that yeah way. and that's like i like generally as a human can't go to sleep mad because it's real bad yep. in the morning and i've have you ever had the experience of having a dream like the person didn't even do anything wrong in actual life but you have a dream that they've done something and you wake up and you're like fuck you yeah no I've had dreams where Cohen has done something like utterly terrible and then you know I wake up and they're like what why what what are you so upset I'm like well you left me in the Walmart and it was full of bees and I thought you were gonna come save me but you just walked out and you said it was my fault that I let all the bees in and they're like what what Oh what? My God, what? Kate, the <laughs> fucking no. I'm sorry. That was my favorite. Please. But it's definitely happened. Oh. So after this disagreement, the only other thing I want to talk about in this scene is that Forrest doesn't fucking knock on the door. Yeah. Rude. Rude. They could have been naked. Riley was half naked. Maybe that's what Forrest was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> and now we get back to Willow and uh, Buffy's room. Mm. And it's something all happening. big is about to happen. And, you know, Buffy is, of course, like, what happened? You were with him all night. And then she's like, and I actually thought in the beginning of the episode, I'm surprised that they didn't know that it was a full moon. Like, isn't that kind of their job? Isn't that kind of Buffy's job is to yeah. be like, hey, you're a werewolf and it's a full moon. Maybe we should watch out for that. But they haven't been around a werewolf in a bit. So I guess. I do like that Oz points out. It's like, oh, you you must have stopped keeping track of them when right. I left. And right. it's like. Well, yeah. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Totally. So, but she does pick up on it right away. She's like, wait, last night was a full moon. Yes. So she does after a second. And then it's like, but but how? And then, oh, well, he's changed and he did all this stuff. And she's like, oh, my God, good for you. Right. So excited. Back together. And Willow's like, here's the thing. Yeah. And I, I love that also this is, this is the first time that Willow has said it out loud. It's complicated. Why complicated? It's complicated because of Tara. You mean Tara has a crush on us? No, you... Oh. Oh. Um. Well. 
That's great. You know, I mean, I think I think Tara's a, a really great girl, Will. She is. There's something between us. It wasn't something I was looking for. It's just powerful. And it's totally different from what Oz and I have. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, you have to, you have to follow your heart, Will, and that's what's important, Will. Why do you keep saying my name like that? Like what, Will? Are you freaked? What? No, Will. No. No, absolutely no to that question. I'm glad you told me. I think that they really nail this in in a couple of ways. In what we see here, which is that Buffy is loves Willow, and yeah. this is not something that like is going to phase that love and that care. But like, she probably doesn't know or doesn't think she knows a queer person, and she doesn't know how to respond, what to do. She feels weird, but she also feels bad for feeling weird. And is trying to like process that all at one time. Meanwhile, Willow is like, this is the first time I've ever said this out loud. And my best friend has said Will 3,000 times. Mm -hmm. This is uncomfortable. And this is totally it. This is a coming out experience I have had as a, as a young person so many times. But it's also so well done. I mean, she does the no. It's, it's complicated because of Tara. And you can see her just like choking those words out it's climbing a mountain just to say something Ugh. that small and kind of vague and then it takes Buffy a minute and then she's got to stand up because it's weird and she doesn't know what to do and she's not sure what to say but but then she's like no like I love you you're my friend and that was so so important to me yes. I was I was young when I saw it and it was like <sighs> just not only seeing a queer person say like this is my thing. This is a thing. I'm I'm standing by this and I'm stating it and having her best friend, this main character, be like, have a couple seconds of weird and then be like, I'm here for you. Like, I'm cool with it. And that was so exciting. And I'm so glad they did it that way. Yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, you know, I don't know how it would be done today, but I will tell you what, this is the year 2000, and that did not need to be the way that they treated this at all. I mean, they could have had a, a queer couple um, and have had a friend be weird and it still have been like a really positive spin. Like, you know, like this, it was so early on in, in media coverage or media portrayal of any kind of queer relationship that yeah. to get this truly a gift, I think you said at the beginning of the episode. It felt so mind-blowing because I had been so invested in the show and it was such a big part of my coming of age. I mean, it hit me at like, yeah, I started watching it at like nine or 10 and then watched it as it came out. So it was my whole like, developing yeah. years, like the exact Dang. right age. And so, yeah, I would have been like 13 or 14 when this was happening. And, and I mean, I came out when I was 11, but I also didn't really have any concept of, you know, what that meant in action. I was like, I just know that when I look at Angelina Jolie, <laughs> I feel the same way as I do when I look at, you know, before anyone knew, Johnny Depp. Right. And <laughs> I had posters of both of them in my locker at school. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then posters of Willow. Um, oh. But yeah, it was, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so nice. And when Buffy says, I'm glad you told me. Mm -hmm. And it gives me, I just say, so you know. 
as you were talking about this and the power of this and the power of, you know, her saying, I love you, I was one giant goosebump. Like mm-hmm. my whole body just like kept getting waves of chills. And I was like, you're going to cry. Don't cry. <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's just, it's just, you know, for any of us who are queer and went through this, like as much as, you know, I'm 38, I came out 20 years ago. And most of the experiences that I had that were aligned with this were both like 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. or 10 years ago or whatever. But it's it must sit in all of us that like that feeling because when you watch it and when you watch it happen, it just like makes you want to ball. Mm-hmm. And and you feel that acceptance like all over again. Like this is good. Their friendship is good. She loves her. Um, so yeah, thanks for giving me all the feelings. Um, Marty um, that's what I'm here for. and Kate. Yes. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> ah, so we get a nice uh <laughs> get a nice cut to Spike in his crypt. Oh yeah. On his... I took basically no notes about any time Adam was on screen. I was yeah. like, I just just like <laughs> Oh, it's monsters again. Get back to the feelings. Literally. My my notes are Adam. Uh, pretty he's much the whole just, season. He's boring. And that's there's so many times when I'll be like, oh, I don't really like season four. But it's 
because I don't really like the initiative and Adam, and it's not like there aren't interesting episodes and yeah. cool interpersonal things that happen because of it. It's just, it right. doesn't click with me. No, and and like yeah. we've talked about this a little bit that like it's like if you took if you just took the initiative and Adam out of the fourth season, like yeah. there's great shit in there. There it's is just great shit the in key, there. It's like it's like swatting away like that fly that like buzzes in your ear by your eye. You're just like, come on, man, get back to the good shit. Yeah, why are we talking to Adam again? Yeah, uh, but Adam wants to start some kind of war between people or whatever. Yeah, boring, boring. <laughs> the only the only like important or not important, but the only like uh, piece of this that I think is like important to pay attention to for the larger arc is of course that he is forming an alliance with spike right i don't fucking buy it first of all like i just spike is fucking smart i just cannot like i understand we need to do certain things to get us to certain places as uh, you understand more than anyone in the room as a tv writer but yeah i just don't think that spike would have been Spike's like chaotic oh, evil he's right. not on anyone's side but his own no you oh you'll take this chip out of my head because you say you will like that just is not a spike thing uh, so let's go back to Tara's room. Why not? Tara's room, and I haven't gotten the chance to talk to you about Tara's room, mm. but Jenny and I have talked at length Floor about... to ceiling scarves. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a cozy... It's like no one had a college room that looked like this. No. But I'm really into it. She yeah. does a great job lighting it. She does. So cute. So cute. <laughs> so Willow tells Tara that nothing happened, uh, and her little face, her face her relief, the relief that washes over her. Oh, nothing happened. And then she says again, sort of occupying the space, like whatever happens, we'll still be friends. And Willow is like horrified. Mm -hmm. What are you saying? Of course, we'll still be friends. Uh, getting emotional because of course, they're more than friends, aren't they? But like watching this in real time, I remember hanging on every line from Willow and being like, is she, is she, what does she feel? What is she going to yeah. choose? Like really not knowing and being so invested in it. Props to fucking Allison Hannigan, man. <sighs> She's absolutely incredible to convey all of that, right? To yeah. like, to embody this experience so well that you, that us as queer women are watching it and being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. What is, she's really struggling with saying it, but she can say it. You can do it, Willow. And she says this thing to Tara where... She's and again, like just the way she struggles through every line and trying to articulate it when she is, and it works so well with her character because she's so articulate. Willow, mm. you know, everyone speaks in Scooby speak, and but she's really smart and she's really well spoken. But this is a language that she's still learning. And so she says, I know what he meant to me, but he left. Mm -hmm. Huge thing. But everything changed. I changed. And we, when she trails off, uh -huh. and life was starting to get so good. And you're a part of that. Or you're a big part of that or something. And then Tara's face is like, oh, God. Tara's like all of us. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to say? Yeah, like, are you going to say it? <laughs> pick me. Pick me. <laughs> oh, and I'm one of my notes here is just kiss. Yeah. Like, they're so close. They've been so close for so many episodes. Mm -hmm. We want, we all want it. Mm -hmm. um, but they're getting there. They're getting there. Uh, and I think it's, is it Tara who says to Willow, right, do what makes you happy? Uh, and of course, as we all know, she certainly does mm -hmm. do what makes her happy. Mm -hmm. uh, and this hug, too. There's something about the hug, like the way they're touching each other. That's just... <laughs> Not that we're reading too much into it or anything. Oh, no. But it's just like... <laughs> The way you hug yeah. is not like that no. when you're pals. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of, like, skin-to-back contact. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Um, and they're getting there. They're getting there. This whole episode is just them working their way up mm. to fucking saying what they've wanted to say for so long. So, 
Sniff, sniff, says Oz. (laughs) This part had me on tenterhooks as a a youth. I was like, oh, God. As an adult, I was like, oh, fuck. Also, it's like the the smelling is, I I like it, but it's also really funny where he's like, I thought I saw Willow. Yeah. I heard Willow. Let me change the sense because that's weird. Yeah. Um, And this is like a massive a massive shift for Oz that like mm-hmm. he, I mean, certainly he's jealous, but he's like also feeling like he did all of this to come back to his true love and is realizing like all in one moment that not only has he potentially lost his true love, but that she might be queer. Yeah. And he's the first one to clock it. Yeah. Which is amazing because, you know, his sense of smell. But when he does this, when he I remember feeling so like, oh, my God, they've been kissing because he's (laughs) like, she's all over you. Do you know that? And then right away is like, are you too involved? Is she in love with you? Yes. And that is the first time anyone says it. And, like, right, points to fucking us yeah. for not being like, oh, you must just have had a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> Girls just sharing clothes right. and beds and, you know, each other's personal sense. Yeah, but his little <laughs> math, hell math calculations yeah. from earlier are leading him to wait, wait, wait what? Wait. And um, and he turns. He turns. And he says run mm. before he turns. Because he knows, holy shit. We've been watching Tara this season because somebody emailed us at the start and said, could you just watch Tara and Doors this season? Because Tara has a lot of trouble getting doors open. <laughs> and and I, I don't know that I would have noticed it without having the heads up yeah, at the beginning. I, I haven't. That's She's great. had already many struggles with doors. And we see it again in this episode. She runs up in the lecture hall right. to the door. And can't get the door open. She oh. can't get the door open. And, and normally we'd say, oh, it's locked. But with Tara, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Listen, I have trouble with straws. Everyone's got something. Wait, so what's your trouble with straws? Do you hit yourself in the face when you go to... The amount of times I will just poke myself in, like, the nose too close (laughs) to the nostril because I'm trying to drink something with a straw but not paying attention and will just, like, get myself. It is... Listen, it's embarrassing every single time. <laughs> so everyone's got something. Yeah. Hers is doors, but pretty good with a uh, a chair. A chair, man. <laughs> great aim, great throw. I was like, hey, girl. You know, because Tara, so far, at least, like, Tara really has not been a fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's Well, not... you see her in the Who Are You or whatever when she does the, the <laughs> sw- pretending to punch and Willow thinks it's swimming. Right. You know, she's not physical. No, she's not a physical. She's, she's much well, more. Well, she's not physical when it comes to fighting. Right. She's not physical with uh, beating monsters, but. <laughs> um she's physical in other ways. So um, then, of course, the initiative busts in. The initiative, like, fully does not care. They don't know who Tara is, and they're just like, it's a demon. It's a blah, blah, blah. Like, they're just talking openly about this. I'm like, I thought also, you guys... they don't even, like, men in black her or anything. They're right. just like, you're in shock. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they just fucking leave her. Like, <laughs> I think you guys might need to, like, rehash your civilian plan. You know, mm-hmm. like, how how are we interacting with civilians? What do we do when a civilian has been traumatized by a werewolf? Yeah. <laughs> Just think about it. Uh, so, right. So they take Oz. And, of course, Tara's like, that's a person. Which, again, like, threads us in this theme that we're on with this episode of, like, Oz is a person. Oz is a werewolf. Oz is a werewolf, mainly because the moon is full. I think that all the time whenever I think about Oz being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets taken. Yep. And, of course, Adam, whatever, boring, 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 yeah. who cares? Although parts of Adam are a Boy Scout, which I put down. Yes. So he is part human, so there is yeah. a human. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Tara tells Willow, 
right? Yeah. Uh, they took Oz and everybody runs to Giles to be like, what the fuck? We need to deal with this. And I do really love that exchange because, you know, the second Tara shows up, Willow knows something's wrong. Mm-hmm. She can read it on her yeah. because they're in love. And <laughs> Willow like runs up and Tara tells her what happened. She's like, they wouldn't listen to me. They just took him and – she, you know, it's like she cares about him. Yeah. And she wants to make sure nothing bad happened to him, even though, and like, but Willow's also considering Tara's feelings. And it's like this moment of the two of them is is also very good. It's yeah. very short, but it's very like a succinct, like they are a unit. Yeah. They are working as a unit. And I, I just They love take it. care. They really do. They take care of each other uh, and they do it well. And even in a situation where, there's another person and we don't know what the feelings are. There's still like their well-being is at the forefront. There's not like uh, I'm jealous, so I'm going to do less or yeah. whatever, you know, <sighs> ladies. Uh, also, <laughs> at Giles, is, I know there's like bigger things happening in this episode, but like the relationship between Anya and Giles is like starting to percolate. <laughs> is this the high five? And No, or, no. And I'm, that is amazing. <laughs> the high five. We can talk about that now, too. Uh, because do you think – here's what I my read on that high five scene when they high five, uh, when they shut the power off. It seems to me like they had done that scene a bunch of times. Yeah. And had – like, and that, like, Emma Caulfield and Anthony Stewart had had, like, a kind of, like, a running joke or something because the way she says ow and laughs is, like, not even really in Anya character. It doesn't. It's It does feel a little bit improv. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Because sometimes you say that and then writers are like, no, I wrote that on purpose. Right, right. But right. it is a – it's the delivery is it's so good. It's so good. And, like, early, in an earlier scene, um, Anya – because, like, we've seen now Anya's like, why are we here again? You just called us here for this ridiculous reason, blah, blah, blah. Giles snaps at Anya early in this episode. And then this is this is not a Giles and, and Anya-specific moment, but it is Anya again trying to – she says something like, well, it doesn't seem like they have enough time to have eviscerated him. And Xander's like, Anya, this would be, like, a great quiet time for mm-hmm. you. Like, just could you please? So, just a little Anya. He never deserved her. Mm. Anyway, so where are we at in terms of the initiative? I wrote, oh, back to the tinfoil pit, I guess. Literally. (laughs) My note is tinfoil alley. Like, (laughs) My next note is, boys, Jesus, stand the fuck down. Because the guys are really... Just like hungering for a kill. Because oh yeah, Riley what? just like pulls out a gun and yes. is like, "I know it's a demon," <laughs> which is a little out of character for it him. Is. I know we're really trying to emphasize he doesn't like demons, and so yeah, he has to do something like this. But it was pretty wild to just see Riley like <laughs> pull a gun yeah. on this animal in a cage. They're like in revenge mode. It's like one of our men went down, so like move out right. of our fucking way because we need to kill something, mm-hmm. uh, which is dangerous. Uh, but then of course. This is the moment for Riley, right? Like Oz changes back into Oz and he can see with his own eyes. This is a human, not only just a human, but one that I know. Um, not well. They just, <laughs> you know, they don't know each other well, but still he's like, oh man, this is a person. And the initiative is like, we don't fucking care. Put him on the table. We want to see, is he ever response to this shock or that shock? And Riley's like, I don't feel okay about this. Mm-hmm. Which is why I feel sympathetic, or not sympathetic, but, like, why I like Riley in this episode, or why I like Riley's arc in this episode. He has his crisis of faith, and I think it's, like, it definitely does make me like him more than not at all. So, you know. (laughs) It's good. generous, Kate. Look, I have dated a number of Rileys in my life, and they were fine. They're nice people, but he, anyway. Um... (laughs) So, so uh, Oz is on the table and then maybe in a cell. 
I, I think I got my chronology mixed up here a little bit because no, I was waiting can, for the feelings to happen again. Yeah, I mean, basically, right. Oz is on the table and then he's put away in the cell. Riley is like, this doesn't feel good at all. And yeah, and decides to fucking break him out, to jailbreak. And this is like, I think the reason why I um, like Riley in this episode uh, is because we don't see him think very often for himself. Um, and and it gets, I mean, Kate, uh, this is a little much maybe, but like it gets kind of sexy at the end. Uh, yeah. It's kind of sexy. Yeah, it's a little I, bit. I, We'll talk yeah. about it when we get yeah. there. But yeah, <laughs> he, he breaks Oz out and Forrest is like end of the fucking line, man. Yeah. Gets caught instantly, by instantly. the way. Like, with like a thousand guns. Yeah. It's like the initiative was kind of like waiting like, for oh, it. Oh, we were going to throw you a surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! You're caught. Uh, and they put Riley in a cell, mm. which is like... Like he's one of the animals. Uh-huh. Mm. Interesting. How the turntables. Uh, and we get, of course, this important line from the colonel, I think, or the general, whatever. or whatever the yeah. fuck he is, that he is <laughs> like, um, this. you know, I, we've been looking at your records, and once you started hanging out with the Slayer and her band of freaks... You started being disloyal, and you know what they are, Riley? They're fucking anarchists. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting. I think the way that he's framing it for Riley, it's sort of like the, a last desperate attempt to get him back in line yeah. by being really extreme to an untruthful place. Yeah, just like othering these people so much. It's like, oh, it's us against them, don't you know? Right. And this is like not to get too whatever, but like it really reminds me of like what's happening with Fox News, for example. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we just call these other people something so extreme, then you'll stay over here. Yeah, because it's you like – the oldest tactic in the world is you dehumanize someone and then it's easier to, you know, villainize them. Right. Great. Super cool. <sighs> so um, <laughs> the the scene that happened sort of like in between this this uh, Oz break, breakout scene is at Giles's. Um, and it's like Spike basically comes in and is like, I'll help you. And they fucking trust him. To, like everybody just needs to figure their shit out. Spike is not wanting to work with Adam. What are you doing? Don't trust Spike. We've learned this lesson. Chaotic evil. It's like, how many times do we need to hit that wall? So many times. Um, But I do like, there's just a little moment for me. And we're going to get a sexual tension segment from uh, Jenny in in a little bit. Uh, I don't know what she's put in there. But (laughs) I would say that this moment between Spike and Giles is pretty delightful. Where he, he, you know, Giles is like, how did you get in? And he's like, Rupert, you left the door open. Someone dangerous could get in. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, oh my, me, gentlemen. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, Topping the top. So anyhow. Mm-hmm. They're going to break into the initiative, they right? They are. And, and I will say something that I Again? love. So they're, they're, first of all, something I love is that they're, they're fucking lab coats. I can't. I okay. can't. Okay. So I wrote this down, <laughs> and it's a thing that comes up in every TV show, like, ever in the history of time, is at some point, oh, we need to break into this place. So. We're going to wear the uniform or the lab coat or whatever. Like, have you ever worked in an office where you didn't know a group of, like, four people enough that you wouldn't clock, like, hey, these complete strangers are walking through the office? Like, my last job, I knew the parking attendants (laughs) and, like, the security guards. Maybe not all by name, but by sight. And it's like, I I feel like... I would clock that. I feel like in a hospital, you generally know the people yeah. that work on your floor. Like, yeah. I feel like in a, 
Anyway, I agree. I it's agree. just very but funny we, to me. We do it. We, also, we they buy all know what it. Buffy looks like because they've all been trained to hate her because yes. she's brainwashed Riley. It's like yes. She but once she put puts a lab coat on, she looks totally different. Kate, it's like not even a wig. Nothing. <laughs> So um, Willow is with them. And I, I meant to say, too, that I thought that this was really sweet. There's like a little moment that they have where, you know, Xander and Buffy have already broken into the initiative. So they're like, we'll do this thing again. And Willow wants to go because she's really concerned about Oz. And there's a look between like Buffy and Xander where you see the length of their friendship. Yeah. Like you see how much they all know each other. You see how much they all love each other because all they do is look at each other and they both are like, she needs this. Mm-hmm. We're going to take her. Yep. It just made my little heart warm. Very good. Right. So they fucking are in. I I know we don't like talking about Adam, but something I must bring up about Adam is that he has a fucking telephone wire plugged into the side of his goddamn head. <laughs> right. He's, I, I literally, like, I laughed out loud. Do you think he loud. can fax? <laughs> He's got like a... He opens his mouth and the fax comes out. Like Every once in a while, it's been snoring. It's just like that dial-up sound. <laughs> So, um, I mean, I guess he doesn't sleep. I don't know. Whatever. He's awful. Oh, he's he's the worst. But those little moments, you know, the floppy disks in his chest, the telephone cord in his head. The floppy disks. I forgot <laughs> about the floppy disks in his chest. Those are just like that. That to me is the only value that Adam brings is us getting to laugh at the 90s mm-hmm. because it's or I guess the early aughts uh, because here's where we were with technology. This was like cutting edge. A yeah. telephone wire inside of your head. Amazing. So he's trying to fucking figure shit out and Anya and Giles are turning the power off in the whole town uh, where we get, we already talked about this hilarious hand uh, high five where she says, slap my hand now. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what? (laughs) Oh, right. Amelia Bedelia. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So another little funny moment that I, I wrote down, LOL, the classic, you dropped your steak, miss. Like, (laughs) she doesn't drop papers like why would she choose this to drop her literal steak on the ground also why did she bring a steak they weren't going to slay vamp no. whatever and, whatever and also like why didn't she just punch him like i don't know it's just it's really it's for a, more physical comedy i yes. guess and she's with riley right she gets mm-hmm. riley the whole thing they get to the elevator and he basically is like if i leave no now i can never come back and then he says i just needed to hear myself say that mm-hmm. Yeah, they have this fight. There's a William Burroughs joke. (laughs) It's very, very out of character for Buffy, but I'll take it. Right. It's just like a little fun thing that happened, I'm sure, in the writer's room where they were like, yeah, "Yeah, let's keep it in. Um, My note here is, okay, they rescue Oz, but he's like allergic to Willow because of feelings. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right, he can't look at her. He can't look at her. Can't have a Makes feeling. Makes him feel too hard. And his hand turns and That's a queer mood right there. Yeah, that's true. So they all, they win because they're threatening the colonel. Yeah. I'm just going to keep calling him the colonel. (laughs) Probably, Uh, right? And we get this sexy moment. I think it's sexy. And if I think it's sexy. I wrote down the quotes. Yes. Why don't you you tell us what he says, (laughs) Kate? Well, I don't know what the colonel's line is in the lead up. He says, you're a dead man. And then Riley says, no, sir, I'm an anarchist, <laughs> and then punches him in the face. Pretty and hot. yes, yeah, yeah, definitely I, a moment of like, okay. Exactly. Okay. I wish I can see Kate's face. Okay. Uh, I'm the only one who got the pleasure of seeing Kate's face, <laughs> but I want you to just try to envision it. It was mm, good. It was real mm, good. It's delighted. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's like, this is you and me who don't even like Riley. So, man, if you like and Riley. Like, the line delivery is kind of silly and it's a little bit overdone, but it's also like, 
It's hot. It's hot. It's a little hot. Why don't we, since we're, since we're getting all hot and bothered in here, <laughs> why don't we roll over into uh, Jenny bringing us the Sexual Attention Awards. Well, hello and welcome back to the Sexual Tension Awards. It's me, Jenny Owen Youngs, here to tell you about them. Of course, we can't get into this week's episodes without first revealing the winners of last week's poll. For everyone's favorite episode of Buffy, Where the Wild Things Are, we had, let's see, who came in last place? Graham and Buffy and Riley in a hot, hot three-way. No, 8% of the vote is what they got. In third place, we got Willow and Giles with 26% of the vote. What the hell? Uh, right, right above that in second place, we had, with 29% of the vote, students and the sex wall. You're welcome. And in the very, very tip-top first place, with 37% of the vote, we had Anya and Spike. Anya, Spike, two of my very, possibly my favorite characters? Congratulations. Nice to see you guys getting a shared award. Look for the trophy in the mail coming to your house or crypt as the case may be. And now here are the nominations for this week's episode, New Moon Rising. Since everyone's so into Riley uh, saying, no, sir, I'm an anarchist, and then punching his commanding officer in the face, uh, we're going we're gonna to just put Riley and anarchy up on the board. Mm, love to see my butterscotch dude uh, getting a little, a little wild. Since they blew out a candle, let's also make sure to nominate Tara and Willow, I think the ongoing reigning champs of the Sexual Tension Awards. And hey, they really took things to a whole new level in this episode. We'd be remiss if we didn't also nominate Giles and Spike for that loaded scene where Giles is like, how'd you get in? And Spike's like, oh, the door was unlocked. You might want to watch that, Rupert. Someone dangerous could get in. In where, I say! And in the fourth nomination slot, because I'm running this show, let me tell you what, I'm nominating me and Riley doing push-ups. Because wow, doesn't he look great doing it? If you want to be part of our beautiful democracy here, just hit us up on Twitter at BufferingCast and look for this and every Sexual Attention Award poll. Cast your vote, make your voice be heard. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Jenny. Uh, can't wait to see how you all vote. Uh, there's there's some fun, sexy stuff in here. There's there is. Fun, it's a feelings stuff. episode, but we you can, know what? We'll find sexual tension anywhere. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you you said, oh, they bring Riley to the school. I forgot that that's where they are. And so I just I'm pretty her- sure. I don't know if they specifically say that it's a school, but I know from from sight and from <laughs> obsessively watching this show right. uh, that it is at least the same set, I'm pretty sure, yeah. as, as the burnt out school. And it school. makes sense that that's where they would go. Yeah. I called it Riley's Cave because I didn't know... <laughs> What it was. And it is, Buffy says, oh, we're less findable if, like, we're not in a group or whatever. Right. So they're right. they're hiding out there together, Buffy and Riley, after his turn. <sighs> yeah. He has punched out uh, somebody who was his commanding officer. He's changed. And Buffy's line of, like, quite a day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You woke up to a bowl of Wheaties and now, now you're a fugitive? Yeah. <laughs> 
And she's fucking right. That's she a is. massive. Riley's been going through it, man. Like he's been really questioning things and just feeling very overwhelmed about his place in the world. And he finally has broken out of it. I'm going to pull back the curtain. When we were, when we broke for sexual tension, I said, oh my God, Kate, we haven't done the patriarchy jingle. Mm. Where will we ever fit it? And Kate, so wonderfully, actually, Kate, you tell them because you thought of it. I'm just saying so much of Riley's story is about... Everything that he's doing in the beginning of this episode, all of his sort of bigoted, very black and white thinking, his mm-hmm. military upbringing all falls under that category. And he is breaking away from it a little bit, seeing behind the curtain of like the real effects of that yeah. over time. So mm. nice job. Thank I also you. really loved how you let us put the patriarchy jingle in the middle of your sentence. Listen, I know how this works. Delightful. <laughs> this isn't my first Not podcast. Your first. <laughs> That's your first time. Uh, I, I set up a jingle. I feel so honored. <laughs> I didn't really mean to. <laughs> so I think, you know, the biggest thing that happens here is I think this is really powerful what happens yeah. between Riley and, and Buffy in this scene where she's trusting. Like, it's a new, she has already trusted Riley, but it's like a new layer of trust. And what it is, and I think you pointed this out already earlier, is um, it's Buffy's coming out. Yeah, moment to Riley. Um, we don't see that. We but we know that like that's where they're headed. And he says like you can trust or what season say you can trust me. But he says something like that, and she's like, or you can tell me anything. And she says, you know what? I, I, I think, think I, I can. can. Which is a very powerful thing. Yeah. And I like you know she does deliver the line at one point in their conversation where. She says, you found out Willow was in an unconventional relationship, referring to him discovering that Oz was a werewolf, which he obviously didn't take to very well. He's the bigoted uncle who's had a change of heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You found out Willow was in an unconventional relationship, and it gave you a momentary Wiggins. And then you see in her face her reflecting on her earlier reaction, and she says, it happens. Which is also really powerful. It is, because she is, like, admitting, like, I got a little freaked out, but now I'm fine. And... That's very human. It is. And it's and it's not like super like super common for Buffy to be as reflective, I think, about her journey like that. Like yeah. which I think is even more like why it's even more powerful to me that they that they decided, the writers decided, whatever, to include this as well, to include yeah. her self-awareness. Like they really gave weight to the coming out moment that it deserved. And I don't know that many writers' rooms at the time would have even had the awareness to do that. It's just just let women write things. It's all I right. Mean, yeah, I think that's just, really the solution. There's just so many moments that, mm, mm, <laughs> <laughs> that are just so well done because they're. I'm not saying that men don't write amazing things. Even Joss, who mm, has right. written some very very good episodes, yeah. and, but there there is a certain experience and there is a certain worldview and a certain internal you know understanding that yeah. that comes from that. And I think this episode has so much girl feelings honestly mm-hmm. that are just so accurately depicted because a woman wrote them and you know totally. I'll be on and my I, soapbox I, about that till I die <laughs> yeah no and I think I mean I think that's why Buffy is as powerful as it is is because Marty and Jane and like these there were these really incredible women also yeah majorly a part of the series Marty wrote the prom <sighs> 
she wrote, I looked up her like what episodes did she do yeah. and she wrote The Wish oh She's my done, god like what's yeah. my line like she did a lot of good feelings episodes and I, and I like at this point in the podcast too yeah, I'm, I'm recognizing sure you know. it well I, I wouldn't have remembered like what the episodes were but I'm recognizing that oftentimes when I'm like damn this episode is good who, who wrote it? Fucking yeah. Marty Knox. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or Jane Espenson. Jane it's Espenson. Like, you know, they, and and I'm it's, it's really fun to do this like deep dive and like critical dive because yeah. I, I'm not a person who watches shows um, over and over again usually. And I'm also not a person who's been up until this point in my life like aware of the writers. And if a different writer is writing it, that it might have a different one. You know, so it's, it's just really fun to start to get to know their styles. And yeah. maybe I'm not here yet, but I think like a couple more viewings of this series and I'll probably be able to be like, I bet you I know who wrote this one. You know, it's very exciting. I mean, I obviously it, it's my job. It's my career. So it's yeah. a thing I look for now. I do this thing and play along with me at home. The home game of this is when you watch uh, any piece of media, I I like to play the the, the credits card game where not credit, credit card. yeah not the credit card game. Well, it's like the title credits. cards but they yeah. come at the end where at the end of a movie especially or a tv show how many slides do you get through before you see a woman's name that is not a producer wow. a costumer a hair person so anyone involved in the creative side like a, a writer or story editor or something like that you watch any like pixar disney movie you get through six or seven before you Dang. see a woman's name it's rough. Um, not wow. all the time, obviously. Not all the time. It's, uh, But it really does start making you aware of it. It's kind of like that Matrix thing. Yeah. <laughs> you start to see the code when you're like, and I do. And, and I look for this kind of stuff. It's part of why I was so excited to watch um, Three Below, the new show from DreamWorks that came after Troll Hunters, because AC Bradley is the, the head uh, story person on that. And she worked on Troll Hunters. And it was like, I don't know her. I've never met her. I probably never will. But I watched like the first time her name was in the credits. And because she had like this ambiguous initial, I was like, I bet that's a woman. Oh. <laughs> or, you know, but I was like, I'm going to look that up. And I was and right. Was. And then she went from, you know, I, this one episode to staff writer to head of story to then show running this new show. Wow. And so it's like I've followed this person's career and like never met her. But yeah. it is really, really exciting. And, anyway. and Mark's good. Yeah. Like your awareness of that. And it is. I mean, that's the case with anything, right? Like as soon as we start to recognize it, we see it everywhere you and do. all over the place. You do. I, I actually, um, Cohen sent me a, a text the other day because they were watching uh, <laughs> Deep Space Nine. They've been going through the whole series. And I got just got this screenshot that was like written by Jane Espenson. I was like, oh, oh. thank you. <laughs> so, so they've had feelings in a building. And then Buffy says to Riley, I'm, I have to tell you some stuff about my past. And it's not all stuff you're going to like. Yeah. Which is a mood. <laughs> in it mm -hmm. so right so they we leave them to have this conversation in the cave well, I'm calling it a cave uh, and we go to Oz's van woof woof van of tears it's seriously overalls of sadness van of tears you know what I mean this is their conversation basically reveals right or like not reveals but Oz is saying to Willow I've learned that you are the thing that brings this out in me. I don't know how to read that. Yeah. Well, I think what I love about it is that it is kind of ambiguous and it's not necessarily good of him to say that. It's not, yeah, we're revealing Oz's like even more imperfections. You know, right. he shows up as this like on his white horse of like, I've changed and I've fixed myself. And yeah. it's like, well, actually, I'm still going through some things. And I have realized I can't just 
come back. And I mean, he does say like it was stupid of me to think he would just be waiting. Yes. This is finally we get that from yeah. him because I, I was bothered by that in the beginning. And, and I was glad to like hear it from him that he was aware. Yeah. Oh, this might not have been the coolest thing that I've done. Yeah. And I still have more growing to do. But I do find because like I read the the werewolf thing to be sort of like Oz's desires for other things and Oz's like, you know, that like this it's this expanse of like Oz not knowing who he is or what he is and having this like animalistic side. And mm -hmm. we, you know, we went through the episode, what is it? Wild at heart? Yep. Yes. Um, where we really explored all of that. But when it's sort of like, oh, you're the only trigger left, seems yeah. like a lot to put on it Willow. It is. It is. But it's also true. So yes. it's like, and she knows it. Right. You can't deny. You, yeah. So it's not like he's telling her this devastating thing that she's not aware of. He's just like verbalizing this thing that both of them knows. So it's it's complicated. I totally agree. Gray area, but also really just well written because, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, true. I mean, and it's, it's really, I'm sure, like an indicator or an indication of the depth of his love. Yep. Like, it's, it's gosh, I mean, I didn't think about it like this at all, but it's very similar mm -hmm. to Angel. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, we can talk, that could be a whole fucking episode, yeah. right? I know, there's a lot there, I know. But just in the sense of, like, this animalistic piece of him is activated when things are at a particular level of intensity. And for him, that is his love for Willow um, and and his, like, wanting to be with Willow and, and all of the things that go along with that. But ultimately what we have here are two people who love each other so much and who know they can't be together. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not something anyone in this room would know anything about. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> no. What could that hard. possibly be like? Who knows? <laughs> Woof. And uh, he said, like, Oz has a line that's like, but you're happy. And she says, I am. Yes. And then she does the, like, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she's like, I wouldn't know how to talk about it. And then he says, it's probably better if you don't, which is so hard because it's like, you know, you want him to be the person that's like, actually, I want to hear about this thing and I yeah. care about you, but like, it might make him a demon. So probably actually not for the best, you know, for everybody. Emotional awareness is strong in this van. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of like able to say this is really hard, yeah. but we have to do this because it's the thing that we both ultimately need. It's the hard decision, but it's the right decision. Um, and then we get, of course, this monologue from Willow. I'm going to play it. I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. Like if I'm old and blue-haired and I turn the corner in Istanbul and there you are, I won't be surprised. Because you're with me, you know? Oh, God. So in my notes I wrote, this is the first time I cried. <laughs> Because there's about seven minutes left, and it is not the last time. Not even seven minutes. This is, like, right at the end it of the is. episode. There's like, I'm always amazed when this much happens in this short amount of so time. short of time. But I, I cried. I start crying in this scene because it's so real. It is. It's so real. Ugh. And, like, I've never dated a werewolf to my knowledge, but <laughs> I have had conversations like this that mm -hmm. are just, like, so hard. And... Yeah, where you're Ooh. like, I love you with everything in me, and that will never change. Yeah. But. We can't do this. We it can't, doesn't work. Yes. It's horrible. So, I, you know, I'm tearing up, and I'm tearing up, but when I really cry, 
is after we get back to our favorite scarf-clad room. God, let's go there. So to to wrap up the van, we're all crying. We've heard the we've heard what Willow has said. Um, Oh right, and Uh. we get the line from Oz: "When are you going to leave?" Pretty much now. And then I just wrote in all caps, Willow cry. So yeah. I, I just like was really <laughs> overwhelmed with her crying. And... Because you can, I mean, again, such good acting where you yeah. see on her face her like sadness that, you know, you just came back into my life, but you made everything so complicated and now you're leaving and I'm really sad that you're leaving, but I also know that it's for the best because staying here would be bad for literally everyone. And and like the many shades of Willow's tears yeah like that we've we see her cry i don't even know how many times in this episode and <laughs> certainly many. in this but like they're all such different cries they it's like are. this cry is i am so sad but i know it's right mm-hmm. and you fucking see it allison hannigan god damn it i love you her you know i love her Oof, we're almost you know it's almost time and i'm jenny i don't know maybe maybe you've made this happen but probably not because i keep asking you to make so many jingles but we're almost ready for another willow jingle another i know i think willow might be the 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 have the keeper of the most jingles. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. That who, seems who knows? fair. But it's just like we have Willow. We have like inner Sears outfit yeah. Willow, right? And that's the jingle that exists now. Yes. Well, I'll play that one for her right now. Who knows the square root of twelve hundred and twenty-five? Willow, who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive? Willow, Willow. Then we have, I'm not going to play all of them, don't worry. Or maybe, oh no, now they all want me to play all of them, I bet. Okay, I'll play all of them. And then we have, of course, the Vamp Willow jingle. Oh, baby. So there's that. Uh, and we, no spoilers, but we may have some other developments uh, later True. where I'm sure she may get a jingle. Mm. Uh, but I feel like this, like, Willow coming into her queerness, mm. this is a different Willow. Into her queerness and into her witchcraft. Yep. Right? It's like a grown-up, we need a grown-up Willow jingle. And we I do. think that if we don't have it now, we'll have it soon. Anyway, let's get to where we've been waiting to get to. <gasps> the long road to <laughs> Tara's dorm. <laughs> The subtitle for season four. <laughs> God damn it. It's like, you know, you really get me when I have to lean all the way it's away from so the It's so good. Mic. I feel so accomplished every time. <laughs> so Tara is, first of all, hmm. looking at the moon. In total darkness. In total darkness. <laughs> looking at the moon, which is also a mood. <laughs> yeah. But also looking at the moon, which has to do with Oz. So she's probably contemplating the whole oh, thing, thinking man. about the moon because Deep. he's a werewolf, right? <gasps> Deep, Kate, deep. Listen, I just thought that, and now I think I might be right. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be a genius, uh, a real-time genius here <laughs> in the studio. So she's looking at the moon, and Willow gets there with her candle. Her candle. Her Will you light my candle? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's nothing. They turned off my heat, and I'm just a little weak on my feet. Would you like my candle? What are you staring at? Oh, 
holy shit. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, And basically they have this conversation where Tara's like, you have to be with the person you you love. love. She says, I am. Oh my god! So oh my the god. the words are being spoken. The words, Kate, that you have waited for as your nine year old self. Is that how old you She's were? Ten, eleven, whatever. She loves Tara. I'm tearing up again. <laughs> Kate's crying <laughs> right now. Oh, it's so important. I re- like because I was just dying. Nothing like this existed, and I was like thirteen or fourteen. I was the only gay kid I knew, and like of. Or of anything, you yeah. know, and like yeah. seeing this moment where she's this character who I've loved, who I've grown up with, who I've known for years. I have the and, chills all over my body. Ugh. It's it's just like it's so funny. I don't know if you're. I mean, I'm sure this doesn't happen to you because people know your deal. But <laughs> if you're ever in a conversation with someone who's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't really like Buffy," and you have to be like, "Oh yeah, no, like it's not for everybody," but in your heart, you're just like. Oh, no, you just, like, stabbed my favorite childhood toy in front of me. Like, that's... Because I never want to be that person that's like, you don't get it. I don't want to be a Star Wars jerk or whatever. But it's like, okay. But also, (laughs) like... so close to my heart. It's hard for me to, like, understand. Also, you're being so lovely with these people. I I feel fully comfortable being like, (laughs) you literally don't get it, and you should. But it's hard because it is hard to get people into it now. Like, the first season is really rough. There's some early on, like, a lot of it's really dated. I Mm -hmm. totally get it. They're, you know, we've come a long way in terms of feminist representation, in terms of every kind of representation, Mm -hmm. a lot of which Buffy falls short on. But, like, if you grew up with it, yeah. And, you know, you were that attached to it. So this moment where they're finally together and she says, you have to be with the person you love. And Willow says, I am. Oh. And it's the follow up to like, I am, you know, I'm yours. Yes. Which is, oh, I remember sitting there being like, are they going to do this? Are they re- is this really going to happen? And like, it, and it you almost... don't just have to have the witchcraft analogy. Like, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how you. OK, well, so first of all, they they have this moment. Yes. And she says, I am. And then Tara, I think, says, you mean. And Willow says, I mean. Yes. And fucking Tara, I'm like losing my mind. Kate is seeing the visual of me like slowly <laughs> tipping over sideways. Um, but Tara says, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, no, it's Willow's like, is that OK? Yes. Or like asks her a question and Tara says very much yes or oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then I think Willow says, Right now? Oh, yeah. She's like, I. she she has a little speech where she says something like, you know, things I've put you through or whatever. And she says, I'm going to start making it up to you starting now. Yes. And right, then, now. right now. And they're <laughs> like, are we doing this? Yeah. And, and they are. And they, the and they blow the candle out. <laughs> they blow it out. Now, I wonder, because I love this. Yeah. Like, I, I want this scene to be this I want it, the lines to be what they are. I want the candle to be blown out. I want it to go to black. That's what I want. I like it. And I am a queer person. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if there's like some dissonance of like people who like are there people who exist who want the kiss now yeah and and you know and maybe and maybe I should want the kiss now I just think that it's so beautifully done that I don't know I don't know but it was just like at the time even the fucking candle was like groundbreaking like nobody else was doing it unless it was a joke Mm -hmm. unless they were going to die right away unless something was like horrible was about to happen or whatever and it's just 
this beautiful moment and you know there's still something to look forward to right there's still lots to look forward right. to <laughs> and it's so leaves, much to look forward to but and i and i don't know like and i'm not like justifying but i get what you're saying whatever yeah. but but it just to me the moment it's like instead of us getting that then we have the power to envision it too which yeah. i mean could get complicated depending on who's envisioning it but <laughs> we won't go there but like my point is like i just feel like visually i think and emotionally it may be more powerful in this moment to get exactly what we've gotten, which is the candle has been blown out. Yeah. And what's going to come next? Because it's not just a kiss. It's like, they about to fuck. <laughs> like, you got just, to, back, Kate. just to spell it out. Like, she says, I'm going to start making it up to you right now. Yep. And she blows out the candle. And I remember sitting on the couch next to my mom and the two of us were both just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that just happened because yeah. it was a big deal for my mom too and yeah. like it was yeah it was such a moment where we were just like my dad being like I don't get it what just happened <laughs> not very and it's, I mean it, this but, is and you've said it we've talked about it we don't need to like talk about it forever but it it really is important especially if you're listening to this podcast as a first time viewer mm. uh, as a person who might be younger this was absolutely groundbreaking yeah like like un- we did not have steven universe right we did not have ruby and sapphire we had no like, nice things <laughs> and there we was got nothing. a nice thing and it was so nice and it was so and it was given like this whole episode yes. was about that right. was about willow's like confirmation of her sexual identity mm-hmm. and like not just that but her feelings and like that just didn't exist on right. TV. Not nuanced. No. Not not deep. Not like, you know, if we if we got anything, it was a quick storyline, a yep. storyline that ended very fast. Or it was because somebody body swapped or right. like was, <laughs> you know, it's this is also because I've been watching DS9 with Cohen right. and there's a Lots lot of body swapping. It, well, Dax is a whole thing. But um <laughs> yeah, it it really was like it just felt like someone was reaching through the TV at yeah. me as a tween and being like you exist. Like, this is real. This is yeah. a real thing. This is an option for you. Check it out. Totally. Totally. <laughs> a try so, girls. Yeah. <laughs> a try girls. <laughs> uh, yes. So, holy fork and shit. Oops. Holy, holy, <laughs> fork, holy fork, fork and, and shirt balls. <laughs> I read it all the time. I never say it. And this mm. is, I'm practicing. I'll get better. Uh, I think that we have done this. Did I we miss like a thing? Anything? I don't think we've missed a thing. I don't want to miss them. It has been such, as I knew it would be, such a fucking delight to talk about this episode with you, Kate. It's so, I was so glad. I went to watch it and I was like, oh yeah, this is, I know there's something about Oz in it, but because the last thing we'd done was uh, the the Veruca episode, I was yeah. like, that was still in my mind. And I forgot, I forgot that this was Willow's coming out. Yeah. Like, not to everyone, but to her best friend and to herself. And like, it's oh, yeah, so big. Uh, props to that. It's like pointing that out. I mean, we've talked about it, but we haven't like said it, right? That yeah. Willow has come out to herself in this episode. Yeah. That is a thing, uh, a major, massive thing, a thing that often takes us as queer people the longest to do. I just love, I love how she explains it to Buffy when she was like, it wasn't something that I've looked, that I was looking for, but like, it's what happened and it's good. And like, yeah, it's just like, Willow's been going through this whole thing that Buffy didn't know anything about. And it is also, you know, just really underlines, like, how much, you know, she's going through away from everybody else. And how, like, ugh, I just, I love Willow. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're all there with you. Um, Kate. Yes. 
tell the lovely people, though I'm sure they all know by now, but tell them where they can find you and what you're doing. Um, well, you can find me pretty much anywhere online at Kate Leff, uh, cause Tumblr is dead. So it doesn't, <laughs> RIP, it truly uh, is. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. On Instagram, on Twitter, pretty much primarily. I'm not doing as many shows this year cause I'm, uh, doing a lot of pitching and writing and stuff, but yeah, find me online. Yeah. I'm around. You can, join, you can join my Patreon at bisexual.zone. Oh my God. <laughs> I forget every time how I do not know, but it's a joy because I get to experience the pleasure all over again. It was, it's $20 a year to own that domain name and it is worth every fraction of a penny. Honest to God. Yeah. Truly. Wow. Uh, I am Kristen Russo, and you can find more about me on my website, which is harder to spell. Uh, I did not get bisexual.zone. I got kristennoline.com. Uh, we haven't heard the jingle in a minute, so I'm going to pop it in there for you. Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can learn uh, about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities over there and just like follow me. You can use that same spelling to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow BufferingCast at BufferingCast on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. You're right. Tumblr is it's just it's dead. dead. It's just no more. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you're a big Tumblr fan out there, <laughs> but I think it's seen its day. Uh, and, of course, you can support us. You can also support us uh, on our Patreon. You can find all of that at BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. If you are not able to financially support us, that's totally cool. You can go on over to iTunes and rate and review the show. Or, and or, you can go on over and rate and review Angel on Top, our sister podcast that goes in tandem with us, talking about every episode of Angel. Mm. Delightful. Just delightful. Kate, are you ready to howl? Oh, out? am I? Until next time. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was like a special werewolf howl. It was. <laughs>
Remember your song, I'm singing along with you. Whatever your path, I got your back, you know that I do. Nothing that comes could ever divide us, you know, I'll be right by your side. Whatever your song, I'm singing along with you. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.